Hello, 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 and welcome to Reasons for Rosé podcast. My name is Lauren, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host here, T-Bells. T-Bells in the house. Hey, girl. So, everyone, Reasons for Rosé podcast is a podcast where we talk about all things relationship, culture, and lifestyle. Every Thursday, you can catch us here on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Stay tuned, get a drink get comfortable and get into this little conversation with us. So today, guys, we're going to be talking about the very popular, most popular, actually, Bridgerton. Bridgerton is a show that is drama, romance, very soap opera-like, and it's actually a show that takes place in England in more of a historical time. Is that right, T? I'm wondering what is the genre? I would call it a period piece, but right, right. what's the official? How would you describe this genre? It's a drama. It's a romance drama type of show, but it's just using like an old age themed like period time period or whatever. But anyways, by now y'all should have heard about Bridgerton. Please keep up. Anyways, moving along. So what we're going to be talking about in this episode today is Bridgerton. And using Bridgerton as a, would you say a study piece in terms of all things virginity and modesty and virtues? So the theme of our episode right now is, is virginity and modesty a virtue? Mm-hmm. So for all y'all who have seen the show, we kind of know the basic rundown. And for y'all who don't, I'm not going to ruin it, but I'm just going to give you the basic gist of everything. What the show is all about really is the idea of women finding a suitable mate and what is a suitable mate and furthermore is she a woman of value and in this particular series they focus on women being valued for their purity women being valued for their charm their aesthetic their looks and men being valued for their status in society are they a duke are they a prince are they a king and what the legacy will what legacy will be created from the union of the two yes and i do definitely see a dichotomy in the series between the virginal characters and the characters that are um deemed less I would say they're more risque characters so there's one character who the opera singer who's having an affair under the quiet she's hidden and then Mm. there is another character who is pregnant uh by someone (laughs) her long lost lover who's in war yeah and she shouldn't be pregnant because she's a young girl so more likely she shouldn't be pregnant because she ain't married that too (laughs) That's the real tea. They don't care about your age, but you don't, you are not spoken for, right? Mm-hmm. So you have a, you have a growing bastard baby in you, in their eyes, right? Yeah. So now the question again, is virginity, is modesty a virtue? Let's start with some facts. The CDC reports that virgins make up 12% of females and 14% of males aged 20 to 24. Is that surprising to you? Wait, say that again. So men? The CDC reports 
females have 12% virgin status and men have 14%. And they're in the ages of 20 to 24. So they're pretty similar. And it's pretty much about, let's just say 10 to 15% of the general population are virgins at 20 to 24. That's actually lower than I thought. I thought more people at 20 and 24 were still virgins. You did? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm surprised that men and women are evenly uh, paired or like have similar <laughs> statistics. Why are you surprised? Because I get disturbed when people are surprised by this. Let me explain. Like the idea that if you believe that women would more likely be virgins and the men are not, that would mean multiple women are taking men's, vir- one woman is taking multiple men's virginity. <laughs> you realize that, right? Like, That means like a man, multiple men would be sleeping and losing their virginities with one woman in order for the, for there to not be a balance. Yeah. Because it's one girl taking all the guys virginity. (laughs) (laughs) It's only one girl going around and blessing these guys. That's (laughs) five at a time. Five out of, oh my God, see? Okay, so that's just a little bit of info for you guys to think about. Clearly, we both are biased in what we expected. <laughs> um, now, by the age of 25 to 29, the number drops below 5% for both male and females. So pretty much 95% of the population by 25 to 29 has had sex. Is that surprising? It's surprising because you would think that at the very least there's more than 5% of people who are really religious and not married at least mm. like at the very least there's that mm. okay well let before we go in further into that particularly what makes you a virgin now this is a very loaded question and i don't <laughs> think anyone has the right to tell anyone what that means. So, um. <laughs> <laughs> someone is nervous. No, it was, is it nervousness? I'm just yeah, you laughing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, not say anything that I'm going to regret later on. Um, yeah, if you wanna, if you wanna go around having oral sex or having anal sex, and considering yourself not to be a virgin you could do that um but is it technically true well you technically engage in sex right yes but i do think that the whole historical and cultural context um of what it means to lose your virginity pertains to penetrative vaginal sex right Okay, so a virgin pretty much means someone who has never had a penis enter the vagina. Boom. Okay, got you. So that is what makes a virgin. Now we have people like you were mentioning who are technical virgins and non-technical virgins. So there is people who at a younger age, maybe in their like mid to late teens, they, they still want to be able to tell their parents, I'm a virgin. They feel pressure. So they do other things. They engage in other activities to get around uh, to get around the fact they're no longer considered chaste, right? 
So like you said, you can engage in um, other activities and not have vaginal sex and then you can still claim you're a virgin, right? And I was saying, I was saying that, you know, everyone um, defines virginity um, themselves. So you have to figure that out for yourself. But for me and me alone, I think that you are, <laughs> you're a virgin if you haven't had vaginal sex. True, but what about the hymen? Because remember, historically, like in Bridgerton times, if they examined your vagina, if the hymen, which is a thin membrane, which actually is at the entrance of the vaginal canal, if it's Mm -hmm. torn, you would be considered um, to be not a virgin. And that can actually tear from horseback riding. Actually used to horseback ride with your legs on one side of the horse. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. So... And I also, I also read that only 50, 50% of people have a visible hymen. Um, visible hymen. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fair enough. Yeah. And and with this conversation, we're keeping this a light conversation about the show. And But I do want to acknowledge that this is a life and death situation for many people in the world today. And many people have this idea that you can tell if someone is a virgin and people are their life is in danger based on this. So I I do want to acknowledge that there are people who are going through like some serious, serious issues um, on when it comes to this issue of, um, I'm not sure what the term is, if it's vaginal, if it's virginity checks. Uh, I think it's- Yes, yes, Um, this is a real thing, man. This is a serious thing. So um, when we're having this conversation, we're, having it from the lens of Western popular culture. So definitely Canadian, American, English viewpoint. Um, I, I do know that there are there is a whole other aspect of the world that sees things differently. So yeah, continue. <laughs> yes, I like that disclaimer. I mean, guys, this is a sensitive topic. It's not for everyone. If you're gonna be, if you feel like you may be triggered by the conversation, this might be the one where you need to bow out it is a little bit more graphic than some of our other content. So do what's right for you. Self-care is everything. Protect yourself, protect your energy. But moving along, um, that's another thing to ask yourself. What makes your virgin technical virgin versus non-technical virgins? And furthermore, social pressure to engage in sex. How does that affect us? How does the movies like and the shows like Bridgerton and music affect our perspective on sex and our influences on how we decide to engage in it mm-hmm. yeah oh and I wanted to add um that I also feel like if you've been sexually assaulted you you're still a virgin like even if you've been penetrated vaginally I still think that you're a virgin because virginity is definitely is like a mental it's a mental there's a lot of there's a mental aspect to it and it's a social construct it's not like you know you have to define it for yourself but um yeah so that being said um remember the days of when Britney Spears had to pretend to be virginal and modest she had to hide that she had a belly button piercing and people kept asking Justin Timberlake if he took her virginity and and now it's something that is in the media now because 
there's a Britney Spears documentary documentary um and it just talks about how Justin Timberlake slut shamed Britney to advance his career mm. I didn't even know that Oh yeah. So <laughs> with the whole Crimea River, people were speculating he's never he never stood up for her and he did the same thing with Janet Jackson. And the reason why I bring that up is just how uh, just to shed light on how virginity and modesty has changed throughout the years um and how at the at that time which was 20 years ago uh virginity and modesty meant something dip, something that else compared to what it means today sure did I, take, I mean did I go off course of what you were saying well the question is do you feel like there's social pressure to engage in sex and do you feel like movies and music have pressured people or maybe yourself in deciding when you will decide to do that yeah, so I I feel like back in the day again, and this when I say back in the day is not even really back in the day, but um, <gasps> twenty years ago um, when Britney Spears first came out, the reason why I brought that up is because this whole virginal persona was so um, so important and so forced upon these artists, and when they chose to step out of it. It was like such a big deal. It was like a media campaign. It was like stop the world because <laughs> Britney Spears now has a dark side, right? This I think mm-hmm. probably when she kissed Madonna. Um, but I think that was about the the last era where uh, virginity was something to uphold and it was something to look up to, and it was looked at for women positively right I'm gonna acknowledge for men it it hasn't been the case um but today today it seems like in movies social media the story the viewpoint of the virgin is completely wiped out you you have to be um engaging sexually or you have to be like completely embracing um the title of whore it's like there's only those two avenues you can go the avenue of virginity and modesty is like it's completely gone in the so you have to you have to embrace being a whore and what was the other one so either you're just going about your life and you have a healthy sex life uh so you're either you're either, you're either normal sexual or hypersexual. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. You know, you're either, yeah. I don't even, even want to use the word normal, but let's just say you're having a You're sexual or hypersexual. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's no viewpoint. There's no story. And that's why Bridgerton, to bring it back to Bridgerton, it's so interesting. There were things that I really liked about it and things I didn't like, but I feel that one of the biggest themes was virginity, modesty, and um, the worth of a woman. The worth. So the worth of, now when you say worth of a woman, it seemed though in that show, with a woman's worth, 
right along beside that was her modesty and her virginity. Yes. There was a scene where a kiss took place and somebody, there was two witnesses of the kiss and that kiss that was witnessed became a threat to the woman's livelihood because she was unmarried. Yes. Is a woman's worth really tied to her purity? In this day and age, we, in the music we're hearing, it's consistently fought against. A woman's worth is considered to be extremely separate from her sexual history. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's great that women aren't being shamed for being sexual and having urges. In the past, women who were initiating sex, even with a husband or a partner, could be considered a nymphomaniac. And the term nymphomaniac was actually used to describe a woman who was sexual. And it was it was used in a negative connotation. It wasn't a positive perspective. Mm-hmm. So is there value in virginity to me? Um, no, there's no value to, why would I value you, it's, it's, there's no value in it inherently unless you make it have a value to you. It's very personal, as you said before. Yes. Like, um, it comes down to the woman and how she views her, her sex and her body and how she wants to give it to someone and share it with someone, better word. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I never thought virginity was something that had to be uh, held until I thought it was the person I was going to marry. No. I've seen it as something that is simply an experience. Your virginity simply means you don't have experience in that department yet. It's like when you first hit 16 years old and you have a blank resume. It's like having a resume with your name and your address, but no experience. Mm -hmm. It's that simple you know you just don't have experience it's fine my issue is the narrative that the only um liberation and empowerment um that comes with sexuality can be found with individuals within individuals who are who are hypersexual and there it's great that we're having that expression and women hopefully we're gonna get we're going to get to the point where women are expressing what they want um sexually we're we're not there yet because we can have all the cardi b's and megan the stallions we want mm-hmm. they they still are um expressing their sexuality um performatively yes and to please the male gaze so oh, that's yeah that's still we're we're slowly making progress but it's not enough Mm -hmm. um but i don't want it to get to the point where um we're not the stories the virginal stories are not being told and we're not seeing any type of empowerment um with with the choice of being a virgin um 
I just I just think that there's so many different types of virgin that I'd like to see more of their stories. Um, and that's why Bridgerton was refreshing. There were some parts of it, the parts of it that I really enjoyed, like I really enjoyed how, uh, okay, I'm looking at my, the names now because I don't <laughs> even remember their names. Okay, so Daphne mm-hmm. is the main character, I think. Yes. Um, and she's with Simon. And I love the fact that Daphne was, there was many times that she was seen and she was getting oral sex from Simon. <laughs> right. And Receiving I, pleasure from her man. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I would, I would love to see more negotiating of, of that aspect of sex. Like, from- what do you mean negotiating? Like the story, like a telling the story, like a narrative of um, just seeing the different interplay. Like whether it's whether it's a woman who is asking for that and a man is saying no, or a woman who's saying you need to do that first before you do other things. I want to see more of a varied um, expression of sexuality and the act of sex. So that's why I appreciated the fact that we're seeing that there was a couple scenes that we saw that um, yes. from Simon. And then I was dying. I was so obsessed with how Simon went about taking her virginity. You were obsessed with how he took her virginity. I loved how he did it. Like he just, <laughs> he explained everything. He tried to get her. She, he warmed her up. He like, used her own hand to guide yes. her so that she yes. could feel more comfortable yes like literally now keep in mind i was watching this with my family and i was Mm-mm. watching my family who some of my family members who are not even in this country were watching it we were all watching bridgerton so <laughs> it was it wasn't even it, i couldn't even really appreciate it the way i wanted to appreciate it but <laughs> <laughs> i just liked how that how that was told um and this is like we've never, we don't see that we don't see that and I think that's so good for young girls to see like that other side um so yes the worth your worth and and the respect you deserve has nothing to do with whether you're a virgin or not okay. but I don't want to lose um how I don't want to lose the the us being able to see the the that side and seeing the and and watching and hearing those stories and I also don't want to um to lose the value in virginity in itself fair enough but I do think why can't we have a woman losing virginity who knows herself what's wrong with her if she didn't know how to touch herself what would be wrong with her saying um I'm like she can't a girl lose her virginity and know her body is that not possible and no that was all cute yeah like it was all cute that he had to guide her hand to her own body but it would be even cuter if she was like I'm ready grabbed him and was like let's go and she was sure of her own sexuality it was still the same traditional narrative where like I don't know what I'm doing show me the way and I think we're past that now because I'm pretty sure we've all seen some porn 
So why, but let's take, cause this is like 18th century England. Let's take the scenario to, um, to 2021. Why would this girl Daphne, <laughs> why would she be a virgin and be losing her virginity to Simon? This is what I want to, I want to see more stories about why did she, and, 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 Daphne's young right I'm pretty sure she's a little kid in this show but let's say she, she made it to be the five percent that is over the age of 25 <laughs> um mm-hmm. let's say she made it to be that five percent I want to see more stories about why she chose to give it to Simon at that time and I and I want to reject the narrative that religion is the only reason why someone could be waiting to lose their virginity well you know what it's not true because the woman um on insecure yvonne her name is yvonne she plays molly and in insecure she's actually a virgin too to this day yeah but and she, is it because of religion what is her reason i don't believe it's because of religion i can't be sure but she's a virgin who's a bit older i did so, her ted talk so check that out because she has a ted talk where she talks about it is it because of religion? I don't remember, but I don't think so. I think she's yeah. the right person. Right. And that's, that's admirable. Like she's an adult. She's successful. She's sexy. She doesn't dress extremely different compared to what's expected in Hollywood. She's not covered up head to toe. She looks like she's comfortable with herself, but she just decided to wait, you know, and that's totally fine. It, it's definitely considered unusual though. Mm-hmm. Now, with that being said, we have modesty as another factor for Bridgerton, right? So throughout the ages, Japanese culture, I love ancient Japanese culture. I love learning about it. I love to go to Japan. I remember I remember from a young age watching Memoirs of a Geisha and reading the book, and they mentioned how geishas would pretty much be the connoisseurs of sensuality and seduction. They would gently turn the wrists over and present them to the men they were entertaining. They would bring and draw attention to the back of their necks, the nape of their necks, and their hair would be an updos. And those were considered the sensual, sensual and vulnerable places of a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, like sexuality and what we considered modesty then isn't the same as what we consider modesty today. Now women wear pants, in the past, dresses were the only type of uh, bottom that you would see on a woman, a skirt or a dress. Pants would be considered not modest because it's showing the legs, it's showing the bum, you know? So what is modesty today? Mm-hmm. Exactly. What is modesty? Um, <laughs> some No, because I think modesty is still... Uh, wearing your your hemline your dress line at a certain point modesty is still you know um keeping your <laughs> keeping your chest covered it's really it's really hard for me to say because like i'm a walking contradiction <laughs> sense. yeah and i mean if you think about it women to this day are still on the fence. Like, do I need to wear pantyhose if I decide to wear pencil skirt? Because pantyhose at one point were considered a a must. Showing the bare flesh was considered unacceptable. There's still standards if you are in the monarch, if you're in the royal 
royal kingdom castle in Buckingham Palace where you have to wear neutral nails. You have to wear uh, pantyhose anytime you bear flesh on your legs. Like that's considered good modesty and good taste, right? So is there is there room for modesty in everyday life? Like, is this something, is it a virtue? Is it something that we should be striving for? Um, I believe... I think it's funny how I've evolved over time because I grew up really big and I just wore whatever I could fit in. Then I got a bit older and then my weight just has fluctuated ever since. There's times where I was wearing dresses that would just barely cover my butt and they were fit in and bodycon style. And then like catching me in shorts was kind of rare, but then there was a time when I started wearing shorts and now I'm at a stage of life where like, I would never wear a dress that barely covers my butt in public. I don't know. It just seems it seems insane now to do that. It just seems like, I don't know. It's just poor taste to me at this stage, you know? So I feel like as you change, your identity changes and your fashion changes with it. And people see you and they see what you're wearing before they hear you speak, right? That's the first impression. It's the first thing they know about you. That outfit you decided to wear. The sizing and the fit, all of those things come into play. Is it a virtue? What is what does a virtue mean? What does that really mean? Is it does it mean a value? It's something that you value and you work at it until you become it. <laughs> like a goal. Is it something it's to like hold in high esteem, essentially? Yeah. Right. Um, growing up, my dad always told me, like, modesty. I don't believe he said modesty is a virtue, but he said, be modest. Period. Like. You would get angry at me for wearing tight jeans. You get angry at me for wearing a fitted long sleeve crew neck because my boobs would just be popping right through. Like my boobs are in, you know, but the point is you could still see the entire shape of everything still. Yeah, so. that's that's another thing, right? I modesty, uh, I I believe it to be um there's a fine line with when it, when it comes to conducting yourself um, the way that you should in a certain social environment. So there's that. And then there's being modest because <laughs> the patriarchal society told you that you need to be, right? So if you are going to Buckingham Palace, you don't show your arms. You wear stockings. That's the, the, the dress code. And I think you should do that. When in but, Rome. Yeah. When I go to church, I cover my arms, but I mean, do I feel like I should cover my arms? No, but I do it because <laughs> out of respect for the space that I'm in, like, I don't ever wear pantyhose because that's ridiculous to me. <laughs> I don't ever. And I've been, I've uh. gone to other countries and I've been denied entrance into certain um buildings you can't go into a bank if you're wearing a bati rider shorts you cannot go into a government building and i feel blessed to live in toronto where that's not the case as long as you're wearing shoes and a shirt you could go anywhere but it doesn't change the fact that um people will always judge you always um have opinions um and i just i make the separation between between modesty and virginity 
So, and, and purity, those three things, they're separate. They're different things to me. And modesty is just something that I feel in today's age is not a virtue. Like there's no nuance. This is a thing that people have been saying. There's no nuance. There's no being coy. There's no being subtle anymore. It's gone. So showing right. how, showing your wrists, right? That's what you said the Japanese women used yes. to do? Yes, yes. They used to cover their wrists? Yeah, the, remember the kimonos were long. Yeah. That's so, that's beautiful to me. Like, but we're, we're past that now. Like, <laughs> those days are over. <laughs> but you see, now we've gone, we've swung in the pendulum the other extreme way. Exactly. And that's what I would want to pose to the, our listeners now that we're gone to the extreme of hypersexualism, where every time I put on a show on Netflix, it's not safe to watch with your family. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't safe. It ain't safe. But I like it. It's fine. But, you know, there's no, it's just become the norm where, like, I can't even close my eyes. You know how you used to try and distract your parents when, like, a sex scene would come oh on? Oh, like, God, yes, yes. You'd get up to use the bathroom. You yes. don't even do that anymore. You just sit and just watch someone having a full-on sex scene. Yeah, man, trust me. I was playing Bridgerton while painting, and we had company in the living room, and my room is right there beside it. And I swear, everyone probably thought I was watching porn. The amount of sex scenes and the moaning and the groaning and all the, the explicitness of just the, the appear like, it's like, you know, in the past, they would show, okay, like, they're about to rendezvous. They do a couple kisses, then they shut the door, and the scene is over, right? Yeah. Now it's like, no, no, we're going to show every scene. And again, listen, I'm all for the fact that man was pleasing her, mm-hmm. right, as he should. And I'm happy they showed that because we need to get off this whole women's things smell like fish. Like, we were, what? that's long overdue. The whole idea of a woman's smelling like fish all of that needs to be put to rest so I can thank them for doing that because if I hear a man ever bring up fish and related to women's private parts I'll lose my mind at this stage of life but you know I've never a man has never I've never heard I've never heard such things before but um (laughs) um uh, I feel like I've heard women's private parts be related to as a swamp I'm hurt I think I've heard that as well so no you should you should um (laughs) Do, see, that's the thing that I hate too because it's like it, that's a whole different conversation but like you need to be more discerning about who you sleep with oh don't worry it wasn't anyone else not you with. not you not you I'm saying oh. in general I mean in general if because I know that most men that would refer to a woman's or describe a woman's vagina in a negative way they still slept with that person like they didn't they did not deter that person <laughs> he still went there and he probably will go there continue to go there so I just <laughs> feel like I feel like you need to I remember I had this like this gym teacher that was just awful and I remember she was like teaching us about sex ed um in a really bad way um I mean in a non-engaging way <laughs> like she just did not fuck with us and she <laughs> she was telling us about how sometimes like a condom can come off um and she was like and and everyone was like not me but some people were like what do you do if a condom comes off inside of you and she was like well if you can't 
tell your boyfriend to take it out, you shouldn't be having sex with him. But I know that I understood what she meant, but I know that went over the heads of most of the girls who were 15 years old at the time. And um, basically, you just you should have a you should have a certain level of comfort with the person that you're sleeping with. Mm-hmm. And that's where I find the empowerment and liberation can be found in virginity because um, you you set your terms of what you're willing to do and how far and how far you're willing to go. And um, there's something that I wanted to, to that I wanted to add about that. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I completely forgot. I completely forgot. You're saying like sex ed. She was like not fucking with you guys. Well, I have. I wanted to bring up sex education, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, sex education and miseducation revolving around sex is huge, and that's a huge theme in the show Bridgerton oh I just remembered sorry I just remembered I don't mean to cut you off but um I just remembered that one of the merits of virginity is waiting until you find someone that you can have those conversations with because I remember when I was a teenager and everyone used to say just do it because it's going to be horrible. Everyone's first time is horrible. This is what people would say. This was the peer pressure. It was like, your first time is not going to be good. So just do it and get it over with. And I remember my mom would say to me, she would say, um, when you're gonna, when you, you decide to have sex, make sure that you don't have sex in the park. You don't have sex in a basement or in a hallway. Mm-mm. or in a car or in a car Mm-mm. and she she used her reverse psychology because she was like you could oh you know you could have sex or whatever but just don't do it in these places so where do teenage boys take girls to the park to the basement Mm-mm. to the car Mm-mm. like there is <laughs> those are the only places they're not they're not booking a hotel right they're not booking a hotel and spreading rose petals for you so i just found it I just find like being able, like feeling so self-assured that you're going to stay a virgin and wait until you find someone that you have that comfort level that you can be like, oh, I like this or I don't like that. Or, you know, you can have those conversations with is so, that's awesome. But yes, you were saying the school education system. (laughs) Wait, but what do you mean it's awesome to talk to your parents about sex? No, to your partner. Oh, to be able to talk to your partner. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, whoever you decide to sleep with for your first time, it's all you. It's all your choice. I would imagine you would have wanted them to be someone you're familiar with. You're doing a new activity. Do you want the person to be new to you as well? Probably not. Um, but I mean, at this age, most likely our listeners, you guys are all past virginity status. Most I likely, you're assuming you're assuming that we don't the have five percent, the five percent who, the five percent who aren't. I don't believe those statistics. Though I don't believe those statistics. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> uh, anyways, listen. 
sex education and sex miseducation is huge. It's prevalent. And actually, that's the biggest problem I feel we have today. The society is extremely hypersexual, but they're still misinformed. They're yes. still miseducated. And that's actually like extremely alarming because not only are you sticking your pieces in everyone and everything, you don't even know how stuff works. Amen. And that's yep. actually extremely alarming once again. Like, I, I can't be any more disgusted and distraught. So, distraught. with that being said, you're I'm distraught. distraught. I'm distraught to even find out partners I've had don't know what things do and how things work. It's very, it's very alarming. Now, with that being said, in Bridgerton, there's a lot of miseducation. Daphne doesn't know that she would be pregnant if a man was to um, pretty much ejaculate in her yeah and Daphne that was that was actually the basis of the whole show in my opinion and that was actually the whole takeaway of the show to me was wow if you don't know what you're doing in bed before you start having sex your life is a joke like this isn't this is not okay it's not okay that you don't know basic 101s of how babies are made it's not okay that this man is able to exploit you because of education that you don't have. Fundamental fundamental education that you do not have, actually. He can exploit you and take advantage of you and manipulate the whole entire marriage and situation based on the facts of how naive you are. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, she was asking all the right questions. And that's how people are like, oh, in this day and age, if you have internet, you shouldn't be making mistakes but poor Daphne was asking everyone around her no no one was giving her any answer <laughs> yeah that's why you have a mom huh? so question that's why you have a mother right so question to the viewers and to the listeners will you wait for the school system to teach your kids about sex or are you going to take it amongst your own family resources and fill them in on what they need to know me personally grade two was when my parents sat me down my mother specifically and she just said you know sex works like the guy takes his thing and puts it in your thing she used other cute words at the time and I said oh and then I walked away and I was disgusted and I thought people take their clothes off in front of each other what the hell and that was it that was all you got yeah and I was like oh damn people really get naked and then do that that sounds absolutely disgusting I don't know why anyone would do that and then I was like whatever cool and then so when I heard about it growing up I already kind of knew the technicals and then I just I don't know I was like okay cool and then from there (laughs) that's when the story goes downhill because (laughs) I was exposed to porn very young so I got a lot of imagery I absorbed a lot of imagery of sex at a really young age. So then I kind of felt like I knew everything then. And then once I became like, I don't know, grade seven, I was on like 17magazine.com and I was all over those like teen magazine websites. And they had a lot of like sections just on sex. And if you go there, it would break down all the STDs. They had like glossaries with like yeah fun facts and like fact folders on all the different stds and stis and like parts of like women's anatomy so like i just kind of educated myself with the internet to be honest but i've seen sex for a very long time growing up like through images and like i kind of became desensitized to everything so when people were still squeamish and like 
high school and middle school about the whole thing, I was already very comfortable. That's interesting because I was not exposed to porn as a teenager. Oh, I was like probably 10 or nine. (laughs) And that just could be me being me where I was like afraid that a virus or something like the computer would shut down. And then the last thing that was seen on your computer was that image. I was not a risk taker. Oh, no, no. I had a friend and I would sleep over at her house and she's like, I have a video that my mom always left. And then she put it on on the VCR. And I was like, oh, I remember that moment. That's like a life-changing moment. I will like never forget it. Yeah, I never, I never had, I never had like, I don't think I had like a sit down conversation, but when I was, by the time I was in grade two, grade three, I was watching ER and CSI and I was reading medical books. Um, I was actually gifted medical books. Um, I don't know who gives a seven-year-old medical mm-hmm. textbooks that university students would have and um, literally read about anatomy. I was reading about the things that can go wrong, but I was I was reading about, <laughs> I was reading about like all these medical conditions by the mm-hmm. time I think I think it took a while for me to see even to even see to get in touch with like my sexuality because I just came into it from a medical viewpoint like this very sterile view of it mm-hmm. And I'm still, I'm still being, I'm still being educated today. Um, Cardi B teaches me every, teaches me things every day. Like I'm what? Joking. I'm joking. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't learn from Cardi B, but I don't learn from Cardi B. Uh, no, but Cardi B really be helping people. Some women really didn't know until Cardi B said, make sure he washes his hands and his whole body parts before sticking them in you. That really prevents against things like BV and possibly yeast infections because your pH can be thrown out of balance. And I mean, sometimes people don't think about that stuff. Sometimes people don't even, they don't even understand that they're not supposed to have any smells. They're not supposed to what? Have the smells that they have. Oh God. (laughs) Someone has to, sometimes like, News can come from the, from the strangest places. I, I learn a lot of news from Instagram. I'm not saying don't fact check and be a critical thinker and do your own research on top of what triggers the first spark of curiosity in you. But I mean, listen, hey, wherever you get your information is better than not getting any information. But don't believe everything you hear just on fact, like on face value, of course, right? Mm-hmm. So will you educate your children? Will you sit them down? Are you going to wait for the school to do it? How do you think you want to handle your future children? Definitely not going to wait for school. Uh, I'm going to see how my children are. Right, you have to, each each child is different. Like as I said, I was good with the medical books. Um, some other children would be a bit different, right? Some other children would be the oh show me yours show I'll show you mine children and those children if they start early you got mm. you have to have to talk very early and and that there 
that's normal that children mm. would want to experiment whatever but you have to it just depends on the type of child you have so when you have those conversations but definitely not relying on schools <laughs> wow so you don't do you believe the schools are doing an adequate job of teaching our students i'm so i'm so far removed from what's happening in elementary schools i have no idea i don't I even mean grade six i mean like middle school and high school i actually taught I act, I taught health and sex education to students age uh, from from grade one to grade six. So basically, I use the school curriculum that uh, the TDSB provides, Toronto District School Board, and the grade ones were learning about consent, but so so like. <laughs> basic level um but that's so important oh my gosh that's the, the most important thing and we will talk about it in a different episode because i will go off i'm so passionate about it consent is the thing that you need to teach your child and consent not only is consent about safety you're giving your child social skills you're giving them emotional intelligence by teaching them about consent. So they learned about consent in grade one. And then by the time they're in grade five, grade six, they were learning about periods. But the kids were so, so smart. Like literally everything that I was teaching them, because um, I was also teaching them about drugs and medication, but the sexual health stuff, they already knew. They were well-versed. They could answer my questions in detail. Uh, children were asking me questions I didn't even know the answer to. Like one child asked me if you can get pregnant twice. During, what do you mean by twice? During one gestation. So literally, if you're oh. pregnant, <laughs> if you're pregnant um, for yes. three months. Yes. Can you get pregnant you, again? And then can you get pregnant again? Like they were asking mm. me all of these out-of-the-box questions. And I was like oh my gosh, if you don't know, <laughs> you don't know that your 10-year-old thinks like this, like you, you got to talk to your children. You have to, to put your phone down and talk to your children. You literally have to talk to your children. I don't care if they're talking about minions or they're talking about Play-Doh. You need to see what they do with the Play-Doh. You need to see if they stack the Play-Doh on top of each other. You need to know, <laughs> you need to know what your children are doing. Listen, listen. One thing is, I don't think there's enough talks about STDs. Oh, there's not. There's not because until this day, <laughs> that old ass age, I don't even understand everything. <laughs> there we go. Like, I feel like there, people understand sex. It's, it's not even that complicated. I mean, animals can do it for God's sakes, but people don't seem to know about viral, how viruses spread and the understanding of what can lead to infertility? What are the signs to look for? What constitutes a possible transmission of an STD or an STI? Uh, how often you need to get tested? False negatives for tests, false positives, and incubation periods. 
Those are things that need to be talked about much okay. earlier on. But now you're doing, now you're doing the most now. Now you're really doing the most. Who's going to know about incubation <laughs> periods? Who's going to know that incubation is the time you're exposed to the time you start having symptoms? Baby bo- who is going to know that? Who, nobody's going to know. That's why we have teachers. Like, I, I didn't expect the students to know. See how your students already knew everything you taught them? That's not the point of education. The point is to teach people things they don't know. <laughs> okay? Oh, like, my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You should have to do tests on this. Here saying oh let me what tell is chlamydia what? they talk to you about heroin what's heroin how, how do you inject heroin how do you cocaine blah, blah, blah. like so why can't we do the same with what is chlamydia chlamydia can cause possibly stop you from having children one day you need to know that girls are giving head at like eight years old now 10 years uh-uh, old uh-uh. they can catch chlamydia they don't even know what chlamydia means the poor children the poor babies <laughs> because remember they're still virgins right they're still virgins right yeah Mm, okay we're still virgins but you can still catch stds boo Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it all ties back together being misinformed worrying about being a virgin but you don't understand how things work it can cause bigger problems than you can even imagine do you know that anal sex has a more likelihood of contracting an std because of the fact you're more likely to tear tissues Especially if it's not done right. And I was just watching Daphne so sad because I know that Daphne's story is like the story of many women. Oh, yeah. Especially around the world. Around the world. Um, But I would just love to hear what the listeners think. Do you think that um, the, the dichotomy, the polarism of virginity versus hyposexual sexualism what do you think about it do you think that we are we have gone too far um with the the hypersexual images lyrics or do you feel like every generation says this about the next generation <laughs> well you- I, I think we're admitting that we're our generation was hypersexual the music and stuff is still in our generation more so than the 70s when everyone was about free love and orgies so it's kind of Um, hard to tell have (laughs) you heard the song throat baby yeah have you seen that video yeah okay um i don't think we ever seen a video like that before yeah yeah (laughs) At, at the very at the very least i will say i would love to bring back nuance and subtleness I love, I love a good metaphor. I love a good yes. My guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure is talking about sex and violence in ways that are not explicitly saying the actual words. Like that's my yeah, favorite. Clever. Thing. Being clever, being smart. Yeah. Things are but, too blatant now. Yeah. As Janaiko says, "Pussy fairies on the way." Like I just love. <laughs> I love when it's subtle. Um, but, but was that was that subtle to you? What do you mean on the way? Doesn't that mean yeah, exactly what I think it means? There's nothing on. There's nothing <laughs> subtle about what she said. I don't think she needed to say. She should have yeah, like pussy fairy. She should have removed the pussy part. But she made that song and then she made a video that was like nine pop choreo. Like it had nothing. There was no relating it to the lyrics. And I think yes. that's also very. We can have some of that that's how it used to be in the early 2000s we can go back to like not having the videos be so overt and expressive but I mean I'm not sure if 
I want it to go back. I don't know if, if we're making, if this is, we're taking steps in the right direction or I'm still undecided, but I do want to make sure that if the only, the only thing we're seeing is the hypersexual woman and the false narrative that she's empowered and she's so happy and this is everything that she wanted there that's true for some but not for all and I just want to see more stories of people like Daphne and but more relative to the true day-to-day where virgins are not just religious people they're not just people with no social skills um all of these negative things yeah people who haven't left the castle before regular yeah people who haven't just left the castle for the first time in their life you know just a regular girl in 2025 maybe who is like I was busy with school and I worked at Taco Bell and after work I hit the gym and I was tired and went to bed I didn't have a boyfriend and I decided not to have sex yet yeah there's that and then (laughs) you know you sent me the video about the woman that's choosing to be celibate like what about those people like we can't hear anybody else's story but the the one that want to touch the dangly thing like I mean I see I relate I relate with those girls I'm not mad at them I like I like the girls who be wanting to touch the dangly thing I get it I don't understand like I feel like if you say you're choosing to be celibate that kind of is I think a trope that we have out here I want to hear from the people who I'm like who are like I'm celibate I I haven't had sex it's not that I'm celibate I just haven't yet because I haven't not because they're trying to actively avoid it though so you want to hear from people that it's not by choice yeah I just want to hear it just hasn't happened yet I'm ready is when the right time comes but it's just I haven't it hasn't come yet but I'm, I'm down that's what I want to hear from people who are like, I'm down. I just don't like anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'd like like, to hear that story sometimes too. it'd be that way. I'm, I'm so into that story too. Let's just have a variety of different stories, a variety of different. We're at that point now where we can tell Netflix what we want to see. And you all have made Bridgerton very, very popular. So I guess that's what you wanted to see. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't my show. It wasn't my kind of show, but um. I like the period piece. I like that it's 18th century fiction, but um, I don't like the fact that this woman, this girl's virginity (laughs) went on for 10, I don't know. It was like 10 episodes of this tension between her and the guy and I didn't get a release. Right. And then I'm happy that they decided to throw black people in the mix. Yeah. Like good for you, Netflix inclusivity. Amazing. But yeah, I mean, they just went overkill with that whole like, oh, the whole thing was a little bit like, I wanted more sex. Personally, guys, I would have liked to see sex with different people. I felt like I saw like the same couple. They're married. Yeah, they have sex. Like, you're married. What else do you do? I get it. We get it. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, before we close, I'm going to expose my inner nerd. So I kept feeling like there was a similarity between Simon the main character and the 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 man the male in uh, Sound of Music because that's my favorite movie um there's just something that kept 
pulling me there. And then now that I'm looking at the cast, I see that Lady Whistledown is Julie Andrews. So that mm. just made my night. Like, I'm so excited. I love Julie Andrews. And it's just crazy because I kept, the show kept making me think of Sound of Music, but I couldn't put my finger on it. But yeah. So thanks so much for being here with us another week. This is a long episode. Um, we haven't, I'm sure it's going to be long. So we obviously like to talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible decision. Shout out to you guys. Don't worry, we're not coming for your podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> we obviously like to do, talk about it from a third person. Um, <laughs> I like talking about it. Yeah, sure. Great so we'll see you next week next thursday for another episode don't forget lauren signing out t bells peace and love bye bye